All right. Now, let's, let's go to the word today, how the Lord keeps us. All right. Now, all of us want the Lord to keep us. But then you teach on how the Lord keep you, then it's like, like you're watching a movie. All right. All right. But now I gave you this morning. I'm not going back there. I gave you Exodus chapter, how the Lord kept Israel. I gave you Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 through 13. And I, they showed when they put the blood on the doorpost, God kept his people from all danger. How many agree with that? You watch the Ten Commandments, you ought to know that. Nobody died in, in them room because the Lord kept them by the blood of a lamb. All right? Because they didn't have faith in the Old Covenant. Everything had to be by faith. It wasn't through faith. They didn't have faith in the Old Covenant. They had to obey God. That's what that means. And their obedience was counted for righteousness. Okay, that's what God told Abraham. All right, now, the next, the next thing was Ezekiel. Uh, we gave you that one this morning, Ezekiel chapter 1, verse, chapter 9, verse 1 through 11. Please read chapter 8 because it's going to tell you everything Israel did wrong because Ezekiel was in captivity through uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Also, Daniel was in captivity. These guys were in captivity when God gave them the revelation. I'm going to show you in Daniel. He gave it to Daniel also. All right. Also, uh, in, in Judges, <clears throat> I gave that this morning, I think. Judges chapter 10, verse 6 through 10 through 16. I'm not going back there. But all of these is showing the same thing, uh, how God kept his people. All right. And then I showed you, <clears throat> I showed you Revelation uh, chapter 7. And I show you how he sealed the holy, sealed the hundred for the four thousand. And let's close out with that. Revelation chapter 14, verse 1. This is not, you know, most people do not believe the book of Revelation. Did you know most people do not even believe the book of Revelation is already a part of the finished book? You talk to most people in the book of Revelation, they say, well, that hadn't happened yet. Isn't that something? Uh, all the book has happened, but the book of Revelation ain't happened. You know why? Because you don't know it. Uh, but it, it has happened. Matter of fact, John wrote it. John said, I was on the Isle of the Patmos when I wrote it. I mean, after I wrote it, I was, oh, let me start with that. Let me start Revelation chapter number one first. Because he was on the Isle of the Patmos. But he wrote the book of Revelation. Now, we believe John wrote the Gospel of John, first, second, third John, but we don't. We know. We know he wrote Revelation, but it ain't. It ain't finished yet. <laughs> you a lying rat. I'm just gonna call you a rat. I'm gonna call you what I want to call you. All right. But that's bad to take one book out of the whole Bible and say it ain't finished yet because you don't know it. All right. Now the Book of Revelation, chapter one, verse one. The book of Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible said, The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent, here it is, and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of the thing that he saw. Blessed he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and to keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Time is near, and yet people think it's having to happen. But, you know, God have to show you like he showed me. All right, now, I gave you that revelation. Now, I want to go down in verse number 9, 
Same chapter, chapter 1, verse 9. It says, John, who also am your brother, watch this, and companion in tribulation. And yet people read that and say, tribulation ain't here yet. Uh, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos. I was there. Why was I there? I was there for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was there. All right. Now, we know what I'm about to give you. I'm going to show you something here. I told you we go to Revelation. Let's go to Revelation 14, 1 while I'm there. Because John wrote the book. And while the place was happening, chapter 6, when I showed you how he had opened the, the seven seals in chapter 6, then in chapter 7, he sealed the 144,000. Stopped everything to seal the 144,000. Why? Because I gave you the definition of the word seal. Let me give it to you again. Ownership. The 144,000 was his own elect. I taught you this already. All right, because I told you on that, I showed you chosen by grace. So on your podcast, go back to chosen by grace, and you will see that Israel was chosen by grace. All right, so God already owned them. Uh, they were his. That's identification. I gave the word security. Protection, got it. So all of that happened because you've been sealed. Let me say it again. Because God sealed you, he owns you now. Uh, you have this identification in you. Even angels know who you are now. You're secured, you're protected, you're guarded. God have to do that because you belong to him. Nothing going to happen to you. That's how you have, especially your soul. Anyway, now you're going to go, now you're going to go show you the next word is preserved. He preserveth us. All right? Now that's what it means when you say uh, God keeps us. How the Lord keeps us. How does he do it? He preserves us. Just like a person preserves something, it's kept. Man, I, how many know you keep food, different things for years and years and years? Because they're preserved. That's why down south they used to keep preserved. We didn't have food for the winter, but we preserved it. You know, my mother used to preserve stuff and put it up. One of the times she popped the caps, man. That's how we was able to. The word preserve means to keep safe from harm. Keep safe from injury. Keep safe from destruction. It means God protects us. That's what it means to preserve us. He keeps us alive. So you got to understand, your soul is preserved in Christ, is kept alive through eternity. You just think about preserved. He has preserved my soul. He keeps our soul alive through eternity. And you know that's forever. All right? Now, uh, he keeps us from decay, anything like that. Even Jesus Christ, if you notice Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit was over on Jesus Christ, his body was not to see corruption. Now that is, Holy Spirit is in your soul. All right, so we talked about this morning how God kept us, but I use how God kept Israel. So I want to go back to uh, uh, Daniel, because I got two I got to show you in Daniel, and then we're going to come into our salvation. Uh, Daniel chapter 2. Uh, I got some notes somewhere, so, okay. Daniel chapter number two. All right. Daniel chapter number two, we're going to go there first. I'm going to show you two in Daniel. I'm not going to be able to read them all. I just want to show you where they are, and you have to uh, read them a little later. Daniel chapter two, I'm only going to be able to do 
uh, verse 28. And then I'm going to skip over and do verse 34, 35, 44, 45. That's all I can do. Uh, that'll give you some kind of idea. Uh, Daniel chapter 2 and verse 28. We're talking about how the Lord keeps us. And I'm showing you that Israel also was sealed. When they did the, the plagues in Egypt, God, did, God protected his people with the Passover. That's why I gave you this morning tape the purpose of the Passover. You have to know the purpose of the Passover was to keep Israel. So we have to know that's the purpose of the Passover. So if you're still eating the bread off the table, you, you don't even think you protect it. You've been sealed with the Holy Ghost, and Christ is the fulfillment of the Passover. That's 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. Christ is now our Passover. So if you got Christ in you, you've been sealed. You don't need the bread of the table. The purpose of the bread was to protect Israel. All right. Now, today people just eat it because it's bread and wine. You know, that's all. But we got another side, so we don't have to worry about it. But there's a God in heaven. We are Daniel 2, 28. But there's a God in heaven, Daniel said, that keep his secrets and make it known to, to, to King Nebuchadnezzar what he, watch this, what shall be in the latter days. So I want you to write down two words, last day, latter day. Last day, latter days. Now you're going to leave a little room now for about four, four lines, five lines between, because I'm going to show you the last day, latter day, it's not us. It's, it was Israel. All right, now. What shall be? What shall be in the last day? Thy dream and vision of thy head upon thy... And then he went on and talked about it. Now let's go to verse 35. 34 and 35. Verse 34 says, Thou sawest till a stone... Now we know the stone of Christ. He's the rock. Was cut out with our hands, which smote the image. Now we know that. That's the dream he saw. Smote the image. The image was Nebuchadnezzar and... Uh, the other three uh, images that was connected to the head, Nebuchadnezzar with the head, and then you had connect, who, who took Nebuchadnezzar out? Who took their place? The Medes and the Persians. Now you need to write that down. The Medes and the Persians is the one who took out Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. Now they had Babylon. And then after that, who had, had it? The Grecians. See, that's why you have to know this book the book of Daniel, then the Grecians took over. They took out the Medes and the Persians. Matter of fact, you had that in school. Uh, that, because they came in with a wooden horse. You remember that? You remember that? Yeah. And then, and then after that, Rome. Rome took out the Medes and the Persians. So you got to understand, that, that is what he's talking about. The stone is the one that brought all that down. All right? Now watch what happened once he brought it down. There was verse 35. Verse 34 says, Thou saw till that a stone was cut out without hand, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and break them in pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, broken into pieces together and became like the shaft of the summer threshing floor. The wind carried them away, and no place was found for them. And the stone that smote them, smote the image, became a great kingdom. That word is mountain. That became a great kingdom called the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and filled the whole earth. And we know that because we are the kingdom. All right. And then in verse 44 says, And in the days of these kings. Now we know that this is when it happened because the king of Rome was at that time. 
And in, that, in the days of these kings shall God of heaven set up a kingdom. What did Jesus come to preach? The gospel of the kingdom, not hot. Which shall never be destroyed. See, the, the kingdom of heaven, the gospel of the kingdom shall never be destroyed. God's kingdom shall never be destroyed. Which, who is God's kingdom? Christ is not hot. Christ is the kingdom of God. Christ is the kingdom of heaven. That means one is in you and you are in the one. The kingdom, of, the kingdom of God is in you and you in the kingdom of heaven. And in those days, that's our days, 2,000 years ago, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be moved. It's 2,000 years old now. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. That was the kingdom I told you, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, the Grecian's kingdom, the Medes and the Persian kingdom, sorry, then the Grecian kingdom, then the Roman kingdom, all been destroyed. For as much as thou saw up the stone that was cut out of the mountain without hand, cut out the kingdom without hand, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made it known to the king which shall come to pass after, afterwards, and the, the dream is certain, and the interpretation is sure. So what he's talking about, he can let them know what's going to happen in the last days. Well, see, when Jesus came, it was the last days. And yet people will tell you the last days in your future. Why? Because we had that water over there in New York coming down in there, you know, all that water on the water on the train. It ain't got nothing with no Bible. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. I mean, it's sad. You can't say nothing around a lot of folks right now. Well, you know, it's the last days. And God said in the latter days, I'm going to give you some scripture to show who he's talking to in this service before I get in my, my message. Okay? Uh, let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. I need you to do it fast because I'm going to have to move up. So you got it right. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 said, God, who is sundered time and divers manner, spake in time past to the Father. Now this was written 2,000 years ago. The Father was the Father of Israel. By the prophet, that's how God spoke to the fathers, David and all, they spoke to David by the prophets, okay? Hath passed him in these last days, 2,000 years ago, spoken to us, Paul says, by his son. So the son came in the last days and spoke to Israel, whom he has anointed heir of all things by whom he made the world. All right, now let's go and show you uh, Three, I'm going to give you three on the last days first. Go to Genesis 49, 1 and 2. Got to do it quickly. The book of Genesis, chapter 49, verse 1 and 2. Say, I never forget. Well, you took it a little long, but say, I never forget. Yeah, I know. Verse 1. See, the key is, the reason why I didn't know until 44 years in ministry because of the people who before me didn't know. See, the key is if you don't have nobody to know, you will never know neither. And then you're going to pass that ignorance right on down to the children. That's why Paul said, deliver them from the power of Satan. How many know what the power of Satan is? Because I'm going to teach on them. I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm going to teach on the power of Satan. It's ignorance. Tell you what it is. People want religion, tradition. I've been in this church 20 years, and you still ain't saved. That's bad. Genesis chapter 49, come to your camera. And verse 1 and 2, watch this. 
And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you. Not us. When is it going to happen, Jacob, in the last days? Well, what I just showed you in the book of Revelation is what befell them in the last days. All the stuff in the book of Revelation is what happened to Israel in the last days. The book of Revelation is not for you. It's already happened to Israel. The only one was saved out of Israel was 144,000, and they was called God's elect. They were chosen by grace. That's why Jesus Christ said, if it was not for the very elect sake, no man would be saved, no flesh would be saved. And verse 2 said, gather yourself together here, you sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel, your father. Now, we're going to show you the exact same thing, and, and I'm, I'm in Genesis chapter 49, and I'm going to go now to, we're talking about last days. Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy 33, 1 through 5. That's not for last day. Deuteronomy 33, 1 through 5. Deuteronomy chapter 33, 1 through 5. Come back to your camera. Verse 1 says, And this is the blessing, wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death, before his death. He said, The Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with, watch this, 10,000 of saints. Now, we know in the book of Jude, it tell you, more than that, but he just used the 10,000. So if you, if you searched it out, you won't see 10,000 more. It is 10,000 times 10,000. From his right hand went a fiery law. Now, otherwise, that's when the angel uh, gave the law to Moses. I know we saw in the burning bush, but that was an angel of the Lord in the burning bush that gave Moses the law. Verse 3 said, Yea, he loved the people, all his saints. That's why you got to understand 144,000, that's who they were. And in thy hand, and they shall set at thy feet, everyone shall receive of thy words. Moses command us a law. See, not you, but Israel. Even the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob. He was king in Jeshurun, or Jerusalem, when the heads of the people and the tribes of Israel were gathered together. All right, he's giving you prophecy. Now, while you're there, let me show you another one in Deuteronomy. But you're going to put this one in the category with the latter letter. That's why you have folks walking around talking about they the latter-day saints. I don't want to say nothing negative. I mean, we already got the saints at 144,000. They already been sealed. You can't add to the number. It's 144,000, not 144,001. <laughs> it's just like you can't add. You know what I mean? The Bible said at the end of the book, you can't add or take away from what's already in the book. And yet folks say, oh, no, we, we Latter-day Saints. Listen. <sighs> Deuteronomy chapter number four. And we want to go down and uh, look at verse 30. One verse. Because I'm just giving you this here because I need to, get, need to. Verse 30 says, when you are in tribulation. I wonder where did you get there? God is talking to Israel. See, we want to be in tribulation so bad until I don't care if there's an earthquake anywhere in the world. Well, you know it's the last days. Did they get this look on their face, you know, like. Somebody need to tell them the truth. 
Deuteronomy chapter number four in verse 30 says, when thou art in tribulation, who's he talking to? He's talking to Israel, because you're an old covenant, right? You're not in Deuteronomy. All right. Now, I'm going to back up to verse 24. I'm going to read it all the way down, because I, I don't want you to make no mistake. Okay, verse 24 says, for the Lord God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. When thou shalt beget children and children's children, you shall have remained long in the land. You're going to corrupt yourself. You're going to make a graven image. Now, he's telling them this because he knows their history. You're going to make a graven image, and then you, uh, 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 no, he says, let me read it again. When thou shalt beget children and children's children, you shall have remained long in the land, and shall corrupt yourself and make a, gold, a graven image and the likeness of anything and going, to and going to do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God. You're going to do that to provoke him to anger. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that you shall soon be utterly perished from all, from off the land wherein thou goest to Jordan to possess it. If you, if you, if you shall not prolong your days upon earth. That's why I tell people, you live right, you live long. Let me say it again. If you live right, you live long. You live wicked, you won't be here long. Now that's fair. That's fair. You don't need to be here long. Be long wicked. You need to put somebody going to do right. Paul, he said, you shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly destroy. See, in their covenant, if they, if they obey the Lord or, or obey their mother and their father, their they days will be long upon earth. And you got people today will speak evil their own mom and daddy. And they want, and they want the Lord to bless them. <laughs> okay. All right, now verse number 27. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations. Now this is what happened in Deuteronomy, I mean, Acts chapter 8. So when you write, when you read these books like Peter, James, and John, they reading, they reading to the Israel who've been scattered. Because God said he's going to do it. He said in verse 27, and the Lord shall scatter you up on, uh, uh, among the nation. You shall be left few in number among the heathen, whether the Lord shall lead you. And there, shall, you're, going, and there you're going to serve other gods, the work of men's hands, wood, stone, which neither can see nor hear nor eat nor smell, but if from this thou shalt seek the Lord your God, thou shalt find him, if you seek him with all of your heart and with all your soul. When thou art in tribulation. See, I, I want to read all that for you can know he's talking to Israel. Now he said, now when you in tribulation, when was he in tribulation? In the book of Revelation. Remember I read to you, John said I was, in verse 9, John said I was on the island of Patmos. I am your brother and companion in tribulation. When thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon you, even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord your God, he shall, and you, and you be obedient to his voice. The Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake you. He will not destroy you, nor forget to come your father, which he swear. If you just Obey and turn and repent. That's why all in the book of Revelation, he kept saying to every church, repent. Or oh, I'll come and do this. Repent. I, you think they repented? No. All right. Now, let's go. Let's, let's move on. Uh, I gave you uh, let's Isaiah, Isaiah 2, 1 through 4. Let's do that quickly. 
Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. It's 28 minutes. I'm, I'm not going past 20. I got to get in my own mess. Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 20. Are you learn Isaiah chapter 2, I'm sorry. All right, Isaiah chapter 2, I'm just going to do four verses. It says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. You remember when, when John the Baptist baptized, who came to his baptism? Judah and Jerusalem. It's not hard. All right. It came to pass in the last days. See, he's telling you right here, Judah and Jerusalem, if you read John the Baptist's ministry, when he first started baptizing, well, of course, that's in the beginning of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He was baptized. It was the last days. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountain and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. And many people shall go and say, come you, let us go up into the mountain of the Lord in the house of the God of Jacob. He would teach us his way. What, what did Jesus do every day? What did he do? I told you this a lot of times. Jesus got up every morning and went in the temple and he taught all day. That's all he did. He prayed all night and taught all day. You got to keep that going in your heart. All right? So, so watch this. So what, what he says in verse number three. Many people shall go and say, come you, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, the kingdom of the Lord, the house of, of the God of Jacob. He would teach us his ways. He, we will walk in the path for out of Zion, Jerusalem, shall go forth his law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Why? Because that's what he was every day teaching the word. And verse four, I'm not going to read no more of that. Oh, I got time. Let's go to Numbers 24, 13 and 14. You latter day saints. Number 24. See, he's talking to Israel. One place he called them last days. One place he said latter days. And the word last and latter is the same word. Number 24. All right, number chapter 24. And I want to look at just two verses in that 13 and 14. Just two verses. All right, verse 13 says, If Balak, Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the commandment of the Lord to do either good or bad of mine of mine own mind, but what the Lord says, that will I speak. Verse 14, and now behold, I go to my people, come therefore, and I will uh, uh, advertise thee what this people shall do to thy people in the latter days. See, it's not us, it's them. And that already happened. Let me give you one more. Uh, Daniel chapter 10 Verse 14, I think. That'll be, that'll be enough. Just showing you that this is not us. Everything you do uh, is, is Old Testament. Daniel chapter 10. You got Daniel chapter 10, Daniel chapter 12. I mean, all of, all of this is Daniel's Israel. Daniel 10, 14. Now I am come to make thee understand, watch this, what shall befall ye thy people, Daniel, in the latter day. Not us. You know, kind of wonder when people say stuff, is they reading the Bible or they're just going off the top of their head? Ain't nowhere in the whole Bible told you anything that's going to happen to you in the latter days. You and grace, latter days had to end before grace could come. That's what makes it so bad. 
Latter days were latter days of the law. Uh, nine, come to make thee known what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. And when he has spoken certain, now this is the angel of the Lord talking to Daniel, and when he has spoken such words to me, I set my face toward the ground and I became dumb, and behold, one like the similitude of the Son of Man, who that is, the Lord Jesus Christ, touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and I spake, and I said to him that stood before me, O oh my Lord, by my vision, my sorrows are turned upon me. I have retained no strength. I'm not going to go through that because when the Lord touches me, he's going to strengthen them again. You can read the rest of it. All right, go to Daniel chapter 12 and verse number 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up on, and then you got people saying, well, Michael is our angel. Yeah, I don't know where he get all this stuff from, man. Michael was the angel of Israel. He was not Jesus Christ. He never will be. Michael was an angel that fought for Israel. See, if you read the Bible, you see all this. All right. He was the angel that was responsible for taking care of Israel. All right, and at that time shall Michael stand up, that great prince was standing for the children of thy people. Isn't that plain? How can you get Jesus out of there? And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people, Daniel, your people, shall be delivered. Everyone that shall be found written in the book. That's why they kept a book in the old covenant. You are not in, in, a, in a book. You're in Christ. Old Testament, they have types and shadows. A, the book is a shadow of Christ. That's why I call it a book of life. You're in the man himself. See, so you are in the Holy Spirit. You are in life. All this stuff was typed and shadow. And many of them who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. They think that hadn't happened. Bless your soul, you want to leave them there 2,000 years. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contentment. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness shall be at the stars forever and ever. But thou, Daniel, shut up the words, seal the book, even to the time of the end. The end, you have to have this before you have grace. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Right, that's why that came to Paul. All right. Now, let's move on, because I gave you this just to get you, I don't know why I did it, it got off my message, but anyway. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, now I want to move to the next part. I told you, first of all, that how God sealed Israel. Now I want to show you how God sealed us. Can you somebody give the Lord a great big hand? Amen. Let's go back. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 1, because I got to make sure this has happened in your life. Ephesians chapter 1. This is not a game. You're not sealed with the name Jesus. That was Israel. I sh no, I didn't give you that. Did it. John, Revelation 14.1. I got there, never, never did it. Revelation 14.1 first, because I'm going to tell you that, and I didn't do it. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 1. See, they were sealed with the name Jesus in their foreheads. See, a lot of people want to know, like, uh, well, uh, what about the... What about the Antichrist? Well, what about him? Read the book of Revelation. He's in hell. Why you want to worry about him and his prophets? 
So that, see, that ought to tell anybody else that's a false prophet, that's where you're going if you mess with God's people. All right, Revelation chapter 14, verse 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him, watch this, a hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their forehead. How many know that was the seal? He sealed their names in their foreheads. That's why he put the name Jesus in their foreheads. Now we know that the Father's name is Jesus. That's John 5, 43. Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. So all those 144,000, let's go back and read it again. Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7 and verse number 1. And after these things, I saw four angels sitting on the four corners of the earth. The earth is Israel, the promised land, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow up on the earth upon Israel, nor any sea or trees. That was Israel, the men of Israel. And I saw another angel sitting from the east, having a seal of the living God. Remember, the seal. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed. Do you see that? To seal how? Seal who? The servant. Who are the servants? See, if you read the Bible, Galatians chapter 3, God, Paul told Israel, Galatians, we'll go there in a minute. We'll go Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. we go there next. And heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000, all of the tribes of Israel. It doesn't, it's not hurt. You are not Israel. Although you got some folks teaching you now, well, we are the, uh, we are the lost tribe of Israel. You go on there, you're going to hell with them. You don't want to go there. You are no lost tribe of Israel. Oh, my God. People do anything to get folk. They selling dope now to get folk in church. Anything. All right. All right, let's go to work. Where am I taking you? Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. See, if you just read the Bible, don't go by. If somebody tell you something, show me in the Bible. Oh, shut up. Just that simple. Stop barking with folks. Just show me in the Bible, shut up. All this stuff you're telling me. Where's that in the Bible? Where can I find the Bible? They put you out of church. Yeah, that's right. You'll tell you. You're going down there in Atlanta asking these people what's going on. They ran them out of there. About to bring them up here for a while. Chill out. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Are you there? Galatians chapter 4 and verse 1. Watch what Paul said to the Jews. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differ nothing from what or what? I ask you about the word servant. This person can be an heir. But as long as he's a child, he differs nothing from a servant. Though he be Lord of all. He's talking about Jesus Christ. As long as he was, uh, 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 didn't get no word, didn't know no word, he can be the heir. But if you don't know no word, you're a servant. Because that's what happens when you do, do things. You serve sin. So you serve it. You serve in the law. You, a lot of people, that's all they're doing because they don't know no better. The word served means to worship. But now, Paul said, but you are the tutors and governors unto the time of the fathers. 
Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. When Paul said, look, we used to be up under law. But when the fullness of time was come, how many know what that is? So, there you go, the fullness of time. Now, you didn't write in your Bible, you didn't know. But when grace came, grace is the fullness of time. You don't have time in grace. You have eternity. So when he said the end, he talking about the end of time. You do not have time in the grace. The Bible, one place told you, you can't say tomorrow. You know not what to be on tomorrow. You have to say today. Every day is today. You don't have time. You have eternity. So when somebody tell you, try to quote you, uh, Psalm 70, talking about you have a, a ten, four score and ten. Don't believe that lie because you, you believe that lie, you going out before 80. You got to understand something. That's not for you. The top of that verse says Paul, Moses told that to the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness. And you got pastor telling them, well, you know what did God promise us? Huh? What, what did he promise us? And you got the church out there, four score and ten, Reverend. Somebody know the word. That's why moon keep running. Because people don't know. My people destroyed for lack of knowledge. So what happened if you got knowledge? See, reverse it. Just turn it over. If you destroy for lack of knowledge, that means you'll be here a long time because you got knowledge. <sighs> All right, here we go. But when the fullness of time come, I'm still in Galatians 4 and 4. But when the fullness of time come, the dispensation of grace, that's also Ephesians 1 and 10. When the fullness of time come, God sent forth his son. Well, he didn't send forth his son. What did his son bring? Let me show it to you. Hold your finger right there. Go to John chapter 1. See, when the fullness of time come, what did his son bring you? See, you have to know what did he come See, people looking for somebody to come down through the, through the chimney, but you don't know what Jesus Christ brought you. We, we'll get a step all night long and see, what's in, see what somebody gave us. John chapter 1. And let's go to verse 16. We're going to see the same thing. John 1, 16. Then I'm going to go back to Ephesians 1 and 10. And of his fullness have we all received. What did we receive? Everybody. What did you receive? Grace for grace. Read the next verse. But the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by what? So what did God give you? Not just one thing, grace and truth. See, through the, through the grace, his, the work is for finished. Your works were finished. Everything that you need to do to be saved has been finished for you. Everything. Your salvation is finished. So when you believe God for healing, you're not trying to get healing, you're trying to keep. So you got to stop trying to get something from God. He's already gave it to you. Healing is the children's bread. Well, you're the children now. He's already gave it to you. You got to stop trying to get it. 
You don't have to try to get it. It's already yours. It's just like money in the bank. Only you ain't got no only you can't get the money in the bank. You ain't got no money in the bank. So if you realize you already got it, then you can walk in it. All healing needs to be done in your life is manifestation. You got to start thinking that way. I already got it. She already got it. I'm believing God for manifestation. That's all. Manifestation means so I can use it, so I can walk in it. It's already mine. It's the same way I'm believing God right now by paying off this church. It's already ours. You're not trying to get anything. God would not have built the church if the money was not already ours. I'm just waiting on the manifestation and ain't no telling when I'm going to be sitting up here. You, don't, you may not believe it, but every day I look at my phone and I go to accounts and I'm going like, mm, okay, they ain't come yet. Just a matter of fact, I'm going to turn my phone on one day, I'm going to go, oh! Hey! And I'm not talking about I feel good about that. I don't know what he was saying I feel good about, but I know when I said it, when I see that numb in there, I'm, I'm going to tell my wife, I feel good. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Galatia, Galatia chapter 4 and verse 4. But when the footers of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them, that was Israel, who was under the law, that we might receive the adoption of son. And because we are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his father into our heart, crying, our father. Wherefore, thou art no more servant. And yet people will tell you, and I'm getting ready to close now. Throw that hanging across their service, and they're getting ready to call, tell the Lord, no, I'm a servant. Servant. You don't have to even call me a son. Just call me, son. I said, Lord Jesus, just want to be a slave. That's what the word servant means. Slave. Google it sometime. What is servant? It's slave. You're no more slave. You're a son. You got the spirit of Christ inside of you. You're no servant. Nobody. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10. Oh my God. I got 10 minutes. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10. So glad to see my brother and sister in church this morning. I won't even look over there, but they've been all over the world. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10. And the dispensation of the fullness of time. I ask you a question. What dispensation is that? Grace. Right. The dispensation of grace is the dispensation of the fullness of time. All the other things have been fulfilled. That's what fullness, fullness means, fulfilled. All the other things have been fulfilled. You back in grace. You are back in grace. Only somebody was in grace was Adam. There was no law. That's why we don't have no choir dues. That's why we don't have no envelope, no, no uh, uh, bulletins at the door. Because you're in grace. If you're in grace, you, if you with a bulletin, you're telling God how to run the service. This is what I want you to do, Lord. And the Lord's not going to do nothing else. So that's why we took the limit off. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we're talking about how the Lord keeps us. Look at somebody and say, how the Lord keeps us. Lord keeps I'm going to show you number one what he did. He put you in Christ. 
Now, if he put Christ Jesus on them, he put you in Christ. Now, he not only did that because you wasn't sealed. See, a person that's in Christ is not really sealed because he got to do something else. How many know that? Let me go to it. Let's go to two places. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. You need a mark in your Bible somewhere. It's something you pick up your Bible, you have no, no marks, nowhere. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. And then we're going to go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. So you've got to know what God did for you. He sealed me. How do I know? This is it. Examine yourself. Whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. No, you're not your own self. How that Jesus Christ is in you. Except you be reprobate. He put Christ in me to seal me. Well, you can be in Christ, but Christ ain't in you. So you got to understand something. You, God put your soul. Anybody raised from the dead, God put their soul in Christ. But Christ is not in their soul yet until they can be saved. When you are sealed, you got Christ in you and you in Christ. Both. That's sealing. Okay? Let's, let's look at another. Colossians chapter 1. Oh, my God. See, the Old Testament believers, they, they had Christ up on them. Spirit of God came up on them. But in the New Covenant, he on you and in you. Colossians chapter number 1 and verse 26, 27. Let's do 27 for time's sake. To whom, verse 27, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. Where's Christ now? In Everybody. In Christ is in you. Are you sure? Well, if Christ is in you, guess what? You are sealed with the Holy Spirit, and then that's how God keeps your soul. Let me say it again. God keep, let, me, let me show you something. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. See, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he made us new creation in Christ. But that don't mean you've been sealed. Once Christ comes inside of you, he sealed the deal. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, it makes him a new creature. But if you don't have Christ in you, you're still not of his. Look at Romans chapter, Romans chapter number uh, 8. How many understanding now? So when did he seal you? When God put the spirit in you, he sealed the deal. Remember, he put you in Christ, he made you a new creation. Now all things have passed away, behold, all things have become new, and all things of God. You are a new creation. He put you back in righteousness. That's why I read to you Romans 4, 4 uh, 25, when he raised Jesus from the dead, he made you right with God. He justified you. But that's made you righteous. He put you back in the garden. If we can only see Adam in the garden, had never ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, had never ate of it, he just as righteous as God is. See, y'all just don't believe he's called the son of God and still I didn't get not one amen. Adam was in the garden, never ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He is called the son of God. 
He is just as right as God is right because he represents God in the earth. He was made in God's image and God's likeness. Guess what happened when you was created again? So I want, I want somebody to find it. Why? Find those two words. Ephesians told you, you was you, 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 you the same way. You in his likeness. You in it. You're created in righteousness. Find me though. Find me though. I'm going to go to him next. See, we got to understand that's who we are in Christ. We are created in his righteousness. That's who you are, the new creation. But until you get the spirit in you, you haven't sealed the deal. See, you can have a lot of clean pots laying around, but it's nothing in them. It's clean pots. But once you put the fruit in there and seal it, if you know anything about sinning, when you put that in there, this ain't where the Holy Ghost do, but I'm talking about with your stuff. Then you let, put that in there, and then you got to slowly open you, he go, Puck. then you tighten it back. Now you seal the deal. Now if you did not unscrew it, hit that, Puck, it's going to burst. And all your stuff is gone. All right, so you got to know how to seal if you're going to be doing fruit. All right, Romans chapter number 8. Verse 9 and 10, that's what I want on the screen. Here we go. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 and 10. But you are not in the flesh. Look at somebody and say, are you in Christ? Come on, say it loud. Are you in Christ? You are not in the flesh. See, you cannot be in the flesh and in the spirit at the same time. Watch this. Back up to verse 8 for me, would you please? In verse number 8, same chapter. So then... Read, so then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Well, you are not in the flesh. Why are you? You are in the spirit or you are in faith. Same word. But you are not in the flesh. But where are you? You are in the spirit. Now, what spirit are you of? What spirit are you in? You are in the Holy Spirit. Remember, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So what are you in? Come on, say, I'm in the Holy Spirit. That's what you got to understand. That's where your soul is. And the Holy Spirit is in you. It's been sealed. That means nothing can get to your soul through eternity. See, we seal peaches and pears and apples until we pop the cap in next winter, next summer, whatever. But God, Holy Spirit, can't nobody open the seal. That's why you had the book of Revelation. Couldn't nobody open the seal but Jesus. <laughs> oh, God Almighty. Verse 9 said, but you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he none of his. And if Christ be in you, now the body is dead because of sin. But now the spirit now in you is your life. I said the spirit in you is your life. You don't have your life no more. You lost your life. You gave your life. You got his life. Christ in you is your life. Because of righteousness. Go to Galatia. Oh my God, if you just understood this stuff. Galatia chapter number 2, verse 16 and 20, and we're done. Galatia chapter 2 and verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified, made righteous by the works of the law, 
but you are made righteous by the faith of Jesus Christ. Not your faith. Romans 10, 9 and 10 told you the confession of your faith. That's not how you're made righteous. You are made righteous not by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. And I told you how you got his faith. Can anybody remember how you got your faith? We're going to go right back there and close out. You don't remember. I gave you the beginning of the time. I told you now, this is how you got your faith. And I said this, like, your faith had to be revealed. I said, you got that? Yeah, Lord. I asked you 59 minutes later. Even when we were believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified, watch this, by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh can be justified in this sight. Verse 20, verse 19, I'm sorry, stop at 19. 19 says, I through the law am dead to the law that I may live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Where's Christ? Alive, right? He liveth in me. He liveth in me. Why? Because he's my life now. He lives in me. Well, he lives in me. Lives in my soul. You got all that, Miss Williams? Okay. You got that song. That's the same song. All right. I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, this is how I live it, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not my faith. The faith of the Son of God who loved me past tense and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God because that's what you under now. If righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. His righteousness, God put his righteousness on you when he raised you from the dead with him. You sit together with him in heavenly places. You are the very righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. You are God's righteousness, but you still got to have God's spirit in your soul to seal the deal. Because if the spirit not in your soul, you're still not in his. To seal the Holy Ghost calls you to be his own. How many can see that now? You got to have God's spirit in your soul. And when that happened, it sealed the deal. Now your soul belongs to Christ. Ownership, the seal means ownership. Identification, security, protection, and all those words. Did I tell you I'm going anywhere else? Ephesians 4, 24. Ooh, this stuff is so good to me, man. See, some, some people are like, all he do is read that same old book all, that's all I got, man. See, you see it as an old book, I see it as my life. What, what? I'm going to give my oldest son the credit. Oldest son. That's my oldest son back there against the wall. Step out now, oldest son. That's my oldest son. Some of y'all know my oldest son? What, what do you come here for every Sunday? Why are you here? He said, this is urgent care. See, what, once you realize... Once you realize, once you, did you hear what he said? I'm not just coming to church, I'm coming to urgent care. I got to be here. How many know when you go to urgent care, you got a need? You go to urgent care because you need something done to you right now. That man come to me every Sunday morning, he come with tears in his eyes, he said, I got to be here. This is urgent care for me. 
when you start looking at it like that, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And that you put off and you put on the new man, watch this, that's Christ, which after God is created. Now remember, you in Christ, you got this on. He's talking to the Jewish believer. They got to put him on. When a person has not put him on. See, in Christ, God raised you from the dead. He put him on you. But the key is these people had not put him on. He's talking about how you put it on. You got to understand in here is your soul, your mind. That's what you got to put it on. Your mind. Death and life is in your mind. So when you put Christ in your mind, that's life. That's why when I go to bed at night, he's on my mind. Because he's in my mind. Watch this. And that you put on the new man was after God, watch this, is created in righteousness and true holiness. Say, Christ in me Christ in is, is righteousness and true holiness. Said that's how he's making me. Said that's how he's making my mind. That's what he said in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Every day you live, you got to put some word on. Why? Because you, you are renewing your mind. I'm renewing my mind. Every day I'm renewing my mind. My mind is renewed day by day. Come on, stand up on your feet. I'm trying to show you how to live long. To live long, you got to renew your mind. When a man is old, he got an old mind. Let me say it again. When a person is old, they got an old mind. When Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and his mind stopped dying, and so did he. Before he ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he was not in time. He lived in eternity. Grace is in eternity. So stop numbering in the new covenant your days. Stop talking about I got 70. I maybe I may have 80. Well, man, why don't you just have everlasting life and get over it? That's why God said, let this mind be in you with also in Christ Jesus. And I guarantee you, he didn't walk around saying, I'm going to die at 30. He gave his life. Nobody took my life. I laid down my life. I got power to lay it down and watch this. I got power to take it up again. And guess what? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never get old. He'll never. Oh, my God. Get a lot of great big hands. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody thank the Lord for your, thank the Lord for a new mind. Thank the Lord for a new mind. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, I got the mind of Christ. Yeah, you got a mind of Christ. Your mind is righteousness. Your mind is true holiness. The mind you got is an eternal mind. You have eternal forgiveness. Everything God gave you is eternal. Eternal life. Eternal forgiveness. Eternal, everything you got is eternal. So why in the world are you talking about you're going to live 70? When you're saved, you got to know how you got saved. 
It's not about us. It's all about him. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you have received, and where you stand. Paul said, by which also you are saved, not going to be, Romans 10, 9 and 10, shall be saved. Uh-uh, not shall be. I'm saved. I'm right now. Christ is in me, I'm saved. I'm in Christ, I'm saved. I'm secure. I have eternal life now. You're just going to manifest when the body leaves. But I already got it. It's like a banana. I'm already in here. Hallelujah. If you keep in memory what I preached to you unless you have believed in vain. Because the man on the inside, grace is in grace forever. If you keep in memory what I preached to you unless you believed in vain, I deliver you first of all that which I also received. Paul said this is how I was saved. How Christ died for our sins. Somebody say Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Otherwise, he fulfilled the scripture by dying for our sins. And not only that, he was buried. Say he was buried in my grave where I'm not going. Now you're speaking of a soul person. There is no grave for you. There is no grave for you. See, we used to sing a song in this church that we got off TV. That's all I said. I'm going to call the name of the station. And that's, we always used to sing it. We, no, we didn't sing it here, but we always used to talk about it. Can't no grave hold my body down. Remember that, Sister Crump? We used to sing that can't no grave hold my body down. Because when that trumpet sounds, we're going to get up out of that ground. Because can't no grave hold my body down. And I'm going like, something wrong with that song. I just can't put my hand on And the Lord said, listen to it real good. They say you got to go to the ground first. And then the Lord going to come and get you out of the ground. Because can't no grave hold my body down. Wait a minute. That can't be me. Because I'm not going there. Jesus Christ Jesus Christ, hey, Jesus Christ went to the grave for you. He went to hell for you. He rose from the dead for you. So none of that's out. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.